Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Today's episode is sponsored by my Lit Daily Online Yoga Classes. This is an exclusive pass into my personal practice and program that I created from experience as a physical therapist and 20 years developing my Lit Yoga methodology. There is a different class with me every day, including special monthly live streams, so you can feel your most lit up anytime and anywhere. Get a three-day free trial today by going to movementbylara.com and clicking daily classes. Let's get moving. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through safer and smarter movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today is Friday with friends and I'm so happy to have my friend Vince Galino. Uh, Galino. Almost. I, I always call him Vince on the podcast today. Vince is the founder of Try Vegan. So speaking of uplifting all beings, we know that I am vegan. And Vince, I'd love to hear your story. How did you, I've never heard your story. How did you first become vegan? Oh boy. So, uh, well, you, you used to know me as the food, vegan food truck guy. Yeah. You know, yeah. So it wasn't, ve- it wasn't before that, before Vince, it was that. And then uh, Galino. So Galino was a little difficult to say, I guess, if you're reading it. So uh, when I used to work at uh, in retail, they call me Mr. G. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the vegan path, how did I get on that? Um, it started with lactose intolerance, actually. So, uh, in college, I kind of realized, uh, through my friends actually realizing it for me, because every time I'd have like dairy, I thought it was just like the muscle milk. Meanwhile, and- you're Italian, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. This is for all the Italians out there who think that there's no way you can live without dairy. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Right? Or bread. Or bread, uh, yeah. Because uh, now I'm gluten-free and all that. Oh, I mean, oh, wow. it's a okay. whole other thing. But right, uh, so your friends notice every time you had dairy. Yeah, so they noticed. I thought it was just the muscle milk because like in college, you have the creatine, you work out. So I'm thinking it's just that. And then uh, they noticed, no, it's, it's also dairy. So I started having the lactate pills and they started working. Uh, and Wait, then, okay, so back it up a minute. How did your friends know that much about your digestive issues me? that they would know before you? Because uh, <laughs> right after I'd eat, I'd run to the bathroom, and they oh. they picked up on the pattern sooner than I did. Oh, I get it. I thought it was just whatever. I, just, yeah. I don't know. But yeah. they were like, dude, it's every time you eat that, like, what, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I think you're right. <laughs> Those are good friends. Yeah. It's really paying attention. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. uh so I was having the pills for a while. And uh, so it started when I was like 21, lactose intolerance. So I started taking the pills and then I was taking like two or three because I, being Italian, you don't want to quit cheese or dairy. So I was still having it and I was having even more dairy and more pills. And then I've noticed like my joints started hurting and I realized like if my body isn't producing this enzyme. Maybe I shouldn't be forcing it into me and having this dairy. So I quit the dairy for like a month and this is back in a hundred years ago. No, it was like about seven years ago. Well, seven years ago this month, I went vegan. So it's a pretty long time at this point. I remember when I, when I first went vegan, like a month or two, people were like, oh, I've been eight years vegan. I'm like, oh my God, how are you existing? Because even, you know, now it's so easy. But uh, you know, back then it was a little more difficult. So uh, I watched this movie and uh, I was like, my girlfriend at the time was vegetarian. So I was like, let me, let me just try. What just, movie was it? Forks Over Knives. Mm, it was like, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was Forks Over Knives, but it was one of those. Yeah. And um, I was like, let me give this a shot. So I did it for a week. I liked how I woke up more refreshed. My skin cleared up. 
I had more energy throughout the day. So uh, I was like, let me just keep up with it. So for that first like first two years that I was quote unquote vegan, I uh, I never told any like I didn't say I was vegan. Like people like I just wouldn't eat those foods. People be like, why aren't you eating that? I'm like, I I feel better without it. They're like, do you eat cheese? Do you eat this? I'm like, no. They're like, well then you're vegan. I'm like, ah, because like I still wanted the option. Right. You know, I want to be pigeonholed into being this thing for the rest of my life. And if I decided not to, if I decided to have chicken one day, people would like jump jump on me saying, you're not vegan. I, I never claimed to be. Right. You know, you... The told, label, you didn't want to like, yeah. Exactly. You, you said it about me. I didn't say I was that. So then, you know, I started embracing it a little more. It was just so much easier to just say I'm vegan, you know. That's kind of how I went vegan. Um, and I didn't realize then how much it would alter the course of my life. Because people say, you know, oh, you're vegan, so how is that, how is that for you? And uh, most people can answer, oh, I feel better. You know, my, my body works better. But with me, it's like my life is transformed. I have a vegan business. I have a vegan food truck. I have a vegan meal prep service, you know, a vegan clothing. So uh, it's a lot different for me. It is. And it, I, I love that everybody's path is a little different. And that's what I always want to encourage people is that you, you have to embrace it, like you said, in your own time. I actually read an article called Embracing the V Word. And it was at first when I became vegan, which was almost 19 years ago. And it was oh, wow. very unusual. Yeah, so there wasn't even the fake, fake, fake no, bacon. No, no, no. It was, was just like... It was just like horrible soy cheese that still would occasionally have casein in it. So it was just not even a good option <laughs> at all. Um, well, what, but, was it, what was that like? How, what did you eat then? I guess you couldn't really go out. Uh, yeah. I mean, I would say ethnic foods have always been a great alternative, not alternative, but just kind of a safety net because they're it, it, for with a lot of, you know, Asian ethnic foods, Indi- you know, Indian, Chinese, Thai, Japanese, there's such an abundance of vegetables. And, I know, so, you know what yeah. I mean? So I, the, we were always kind of good with that. And then saying like, does this have dairy or egg? And then learning to, uh, especially with Thai, is there any fish in the fish sauce? Things That's like that. One. Yeah. So just like learning to ask the questions at that time. And it was, now it's like, you don't even have to explain, but then going into a little bit more details. And I think people thought more about like, oh, you might be allergic or something. But I, I remember that I had this, this epiphany about embracing the V word and V word and not being, it wasn't that I was ashamed. I, I always felt apologetic because back again, back then it was like, it was not at all popularized. It was not common. And it felt like, Oh, well, what are the hymens going to eat? Like, oh, we're all here. And oh, wait, what can you guys eat? It was like this <laughs> afterthought. And it felt, and I'd be like, oh, don't worry about it. I'll just, you know, I'll bring something. I, I've already, whatever, I'm not hungry. Yeah. And it was kind of like I was making it easy for those people to not think about it. And I thought, and at a certain point, I was like, you know what? I'm not ashamed of this. And I don't want to apologize for this choice that I'm making. So I'm just going to be prepared and very proactive and bring the best, most amazing dish and all of that. So I, 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 I love hearing your like path into it. And then you went to this next level of really, yeah, really <laughs> providing the great food. You're like, Hey, I'm, I'm not only vegan, I'm going to feed you this amazing. So how did you get into food? How did you get into selling food? Yeah. So I, it's funny how I, like in the beginning, I, I like refused, like, I don't even want to be called vegan. Now it's like, my business is named Tri Vegan, right? Which and, I love. Uh, it's such a great name. Thank you for yeah. saying that. Yeah. Because uh, when I started, everyone's telling me you can't call your business vegan. You'll alienate your customer. No one's going to buy it. The and billion like, dollar vegan business is now here, right? So exa- you're right. smart. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I when I went vegan, it was another thing I saw as an inevitable future because uh, I've seen a lot of these things happen. I like I with cell phones. Like I was the first to have a smartphone in college and everyone was making fun of me when they had their Motorola razors. They're making fun of me for having like a, I, like I could have a word document on my phone or even emails. And they're like, well, I have that on my phone. I have that on my computer. What do you need that for? And I'm like, just watch, just watch. Mm-hmm. So this is another thing where I was like, this is going to happen. You know, I just saw there, whether you're an environmentalist, whether you're into, into it for your health, whether you're in for, into it for your animals. I mean, there's just so many reasons to do it. If there are that many angles to get to one truth, you know, I have to be in that, in that to help cultivate it or be a part of it, you know, because I've, I've, when I was young, I was like in college, what could I have done with cell phones? I couldn't have jumped on that trend and like 
capitalized on it. Not that that's my goal, but I wanted to, I've always been, been ahead of it and I've always wanted to do something with that. So with this vegan thing, I kind of saw it. I saw it's it like coming. An entrepreneurial spirit that you have. Yeah. It's essentially. Yeah, yeah. I guess like, I, you know, I wanted to be a part of this. And, um, so, uh, I was working a job that I didn't like, uh, I, I actually, it was a retail position. It was a management position. I was working six days a week, nine hours a day. Every, it was actually evening. So it worked uh, 3 p.m. till 12 a.m. Mm. So that's a long day. That is. And it's six days a week. And it's every weekend and every holiday. So uh, if it was Monday through Friday, nine to five, I, I loved it. I loved being, you know, the decision maker, making things happen, customer service. I was all about it. But that's just not the way it works. So, uh, I was applying to every place I could apply to, you know, and, uh, no one was hiring me. It's like the classic, like down and out kind of story. And, um, I had this epiphany one night I was at a party. It was a Halloween night and I'm um, talking to this guy about just the universe and how I feel it works and all these other things. And uh, he's like, so what do you do? And the next day I had my third interview to become a financial advisor. And I was like, well, you know, I'm a manager of a supermarket, but I would like to be a financial advisor. And he goes, dude, with that brain, you're going to take people's money, not know if it's safe, and then just like do that. He's like, do something else with your life. And I'm like, damn, like I was really vibing with this guy, you know, and he just crapped all over what I thought I wanted to do. And thank God he did, because that night it was like a, like a, like a meteorite hit me in the head. It was like, I need to start a business, a vegan business to get people to try vegan. I need to call it try vegan. Let me Google it and make sure this isn't taken. So I Google try vegan. I didn't see anything. Uh, so immediately, like I formed the LLC and then I was like, uh, let me trademark the name too. Cause the name is great. You know, it's just mm-hmm. so big. Like it can be anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why, you know, I do the clothing. I do the, the so I started out with a food truck. Well, let me get back a little bit. It started out, it was supposed to be a restaurant. And uh, so I wrote up like between that October and the next spring, I wrote up a business plan. I was like just materializing it. And the business plan, this is back in 2014 into 2015, winter 2015. So uh, I realized back then, first of all, I I don't know people with money. You know, it's not like they're not in my in wheelhouse. So I would have to pitch this to investors, right? And I was, I would have had to pitch a restaurant and I wrote down that I would need a quarter of a million dollars to open this thing. And I would pitch it to people who didn't understand the restaurant industry or didn't understand this vegan movement, where it was going. You know, I knew it would be a hard sell. I was like, damn, let me, let me like reevaluate this. Like, how can I make this easier? So I've always been um, handy. So I realized, you know what? I could probably build a food truck myself if I really, really tried. So the thing about where I was working is they gave you two weeks. Like I finally earned two weeks off. So I was working that whole schedule for a whole year with one week off. So, and I didn't get, I don't, I don't get sick. I don't like take time off. So it was tough. So in that, in that next year, I earned two weeks off. And in December, he's asking me when I want to take my two weeks off. And I, I don't I have, what, how, how do I even think about something like that? So, uh, after a long, long, long time of thinking, I was like, you know what? So I'm going to take these two weeks off in April because I knew I couldn't finish out the year without having any time off. So I'm forcing myself out. So uh, the first week, I, first week of April, I have off. And I just, I'm all about the restaurant and quitting and trying to figure out how I'm going to get this. But again, keep in mind, I, I wasn't even getting hired for a job. You know, I was, a, I was horrible because I would get home at 1 a.m., I would apply to jobs until like 3 a.m. And I wouldn't hear back from any of them. I remember one of my toughest times was I finally got an interview with Amazon as like a zone manager or something like that. And uh, the pay was more than I was making at the place I was at. So I was happy for it. And I wanted to do it because I could do well. You know, I, I, I understand that I could do well wherever I go. You know, whatever the position is, I'll do well at it. And um I was excited for it to get out, have more money, you know, not be in the environment that I'm in. And uh, I didn't get the job. And I'm just like, wow, like I didn't get a job at Amazon. Like what, how, what is wrong with me? And uh, I remember my boss at the time, he was like, well, you're probably overqualified, honestly. 
because like, I was doing a lot with at the place I was at. I had a great resume. And I was like, but the money is more. You know, what do you mean overqualify? I want the more money because that's when you have a job, that's the goal. The goal is more money, essentially, uh, for the most part. So um, that was really tough. So uh, then I'm like, I'm, I'm taking that week off and I'm really reevaluating it. So I went back to work that week and I'm like, you know what? If I, uh, if I do this right, I have money saved up. I was living at home. I can um, buy a truck and convert it into a food truck myself. So uh, it was the second. So it was the, I went to work that week. Then that second, that second week I had off, I uh, spent that whole time. I wrote up another 40 page business plan based on doing a food truck. So as a family, my dad was, he's into bike riding, tremendous athlete. You know, he, he would bike ride like a hundred miles at a clip just to have the challenge. So, uh, he did the New York city bike, uh, marathon, New York city bike, five borough bike tour. That's what it's called. So you go around Staten Island, the Bronx, Brooklyn, you just do a bike ride. And, uh, we had just gotten back from that. We were heading, hanging out at a family friend's house and, uh, I was like, his name is Tony. I'm like, hey, Tony, do you know anyone who's trying to like sell some trucks or something? I'm trying to build food trucks. I know he's like a um, blue collar kind of guy. Mm-hmm. He has his own business. So uh, he's like, well, actually, I just bought a new work van for myself. And I have the two old shuttle buses. That, and he used them for a heating and oil company. So they're beat up. And they had a fork, a scissor lift for the, uh, not a scissor lift, but a, a lift. A lift Like gate. a hydraulic thing. Exactly. Yeah. So um, he's like, listen, you pay my guy to clean them out and they're yours. I was like, no. He's like, yeah. I'm like, well, when something like that happens, you know, that's bigger than you realize something like that's bigger than you. So you're like, I I went in that Monday and I was like, all right, I'm quitting my job and I'm going to convert these two into a food truck. So I spent that whole summer figuring out how to build a food truck. (laughs) And uh, I did it. How do you get the manual for that? (laughs) I guess you do see what other people have done in terms of... No, Or you just just think like, I've got to have a stove, I've got a refrigerator. I think, what do I need? What is is mandated by the health department? Right. Right. So fridge, freezer, um, three-base sink, and a hand-wash sink. Mm -hmm. So just the plumbing, oh, and electricity. Yeah. So those are the big things. Aside from that, I need counter space to have like smoothie bar and then wrap to do wraps and then a window. And, uh, so because it had this, the hydraulic lift, um, I cut the top half off of the doors and made that the door, the serving window. Ah, so, uh, it's genius now, but it was, I actually spent $1,200 on a window to get it installed. And then once I went to the place to get it installed, they said they couldn't do it because the truck was bowed a little bit and the window was flat. So I was like, what am I going to do? And then instead of, you know, a $12,000 piece, I had to return it. And it was a whole waste of, I wasted a lot of money figuring it all out. But uh, a $20 grinder plate from Home Depot, I cut the thing in half and I had a serving window. Wow. Sometimes things are just too easy. You you just don't think it's possible. Exactly. Wow. But you, you know, you had a little wiggle room there getting these trucks as like a gift horse, you know? Yeah. That's incredible. So first of all, you're ahead of so many people just by writing a business plan. I don't think I wrote a business plan until like year two. I mean, people are like, oh, you got to write a business plan before you open the studio. And I, yeah, that, I didn't even do that. And I, I know that's always what they recommend, but you you were ahead of the game. You already knew like, this is how much I'm going to have to put up front and what I'm going to need to make. And and so how did you know where to go in terms of selling stuff with, with a food truck? I know just from knowing you, you started going to music festivals, which is a... <laughs> that, yeah, that came a little later. Oh, so, oh, okay. um, so how it worked was, uh, um, so the, the trucks, right? How do I, like, first of all, I built it and you should have seen how janky this thing was. Like, I literally had two by fours holding up counters and like a, like a, wind, like a curtain to like, you know, as a, as, a, as a cabinet. And then I had a friend who... His his parents worked at a 55 and older community and he, they renovated it. So I, if you look at the truck, I have household cabinets in it. Just household from 50 and over communities. Things open up. Um, but, you know, so that was that. Where do I start with a, uh, a vegan food truck, right? So the challenge with a vegan food truck is that it's vegan. It's mm-hmm. a big, 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 big challenge. I had no idea how big of a challenge it would be um, because this is back in 2015. What I knew is I knew there were no other, there was one other truck 
the cinnamon snail, which you probably heard of. Adam oh, Sobel, yeah. amazing. Uh, love, love him. Yeah, great guy. Yeah. Uh, but his thing is he had a spot. So he wasn't doing what I was doing. So he was in his spot crushing it. I was actively pursuing everyone, every single place. You know, Lorita Winery, I don't know if you heard of them. Lorita Winery is a winery in New Egypt. And they do, uh, every month they have like a big event where they have like 30 food trucks. And as soon as you say you have a food truck, everyone says, oh, Lorita Winery to you. So uh, I applied in June before I even had the truck built saying, hey, in the fall, I'm going to have a truck. Do you want a vegan truck? They said, no, that's fine. Then in October, or I think it was like September when I first started the truck, they said, we have an event in October and November. We want to have you. Wow. Amazing. And uh, so I already got into the place that, I mean, probably 80% of the trucks in the state apply to this thing and I'm already getting in. But once I'm there, you know, it's like there's a force field around my truck because I'm next to a grilled cheese truck and the grilled cheese truck has like 25 people. And I'm sitting there with, you know, my falafel, my chickpeas, my smoothies, things that people need. And uh, no one, you don't want that when you're at a food truck festival. You want that junk, that garbage. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so that was tough. So um, first few years was me trying to figure, I guess the first year was me trying to figure out what was going on, where I need to be. So that's that winter, oh my God, it, it's been a, I've been taking a, beating this whole time honestly but that that first winter was like you know i was doing like this these office parks in jersey city i was doing like i don't know was it like the blistering cold of winter trying to get the business going and i'm getting like three customers maybe while the other trucks there's like five other trucks and they're all getting like it's a pizza truck so you can imagine how good the pizza truck's doing so uh i'm just sitting there freezing it's not working i decide you know what let me get my real estate license so that's something I always wanted to do. I could be a real estate license, have a food truck, build a business, yada, yada, yada. So I'm in the class to learn about uh, the real estate class. You know, because you need to take the class and you pass the test, whatever. And I see like, I forget how it happened. The, the, the angels graced me with the presence of an ad for Governor's Ball. And I thought to myself, I was like, like I, when I quit my job, I was like, if I, if I can get into a music festival in like three, like one, one of them in three years, like, oh my God, I made it. So it's like I'm I'm three months actively into the business and I see this and I'm like, let me see how I can apply to be a food vendor. So sure enough, I apply and uh, March comes around and I find out I get into Governor's Ball. And I think this year there was like Kanye West was there, DJ Khaled, like huge names. Like mm-hmm. this is like. And where is this held? Randall's Island in New York City. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so now it, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, so it's like a, yeah. it's like the, I, I, I would it's probably the biggest music festival in the Northeast, honestly. So, uh, what do I do? How do I can't say no. no, you know, I cannot say no. So, uh, I say yes. And, uh, something like that is like, and mind you, I, so I was three months actively in the business. I kind of stopped doing it to do the real estate thing. So I'm doing the real estate thing actually here in Princeton at Gloria Nielsen, because, uh, the way that happened was, so, I wanted to be a real estate agent before I had my business. Like in between my, I worked at Walmart and then ShopRite. And in between those two, as a manager, I wanted to do real estate. I failed the test three times. If you really want to get into it, I failed the test two times. I had a cigarette and then I failed the test the third time. And then I was smoking cigarettes again. So what happened was I was actually tested by the universe. And by having that cigarette, I feel I failed and got sent back into my retail prison. Because it only happened once I quit smoking. Three months later, I got my dream car. Three months later, I had the idea for Try Vegan. Three months later, I quit my job. And then a year later, I was at a music festival with my business. So it was crazy. So I feel we're in a spiritual environment. Whatever you feel, like people don't know what to do next in their life. What, what do I do? How do I do it? You stop doing what you know you're not supposed to be doing, which for me was smoking cigarettes. So as soon as I quit smoking cigarettes, my mind was able to not think about when I'm going to have that next cigarette, when this is going to happen. So it kind of opened up the energy for like an idea, like try vegan to flow to me. And then instead of thinking about in the store, when my next cigarette's going to be, it would be like, what's my menu going to be? So your creativity was able to come in versus being kind of captive to this addiction. Yeah. Your mind is 
always with addictions. I love that. I, you know, I've never thought about it in that way. I know how powerful cigarette smoking can be. Of course, my dad smoked for so many years and yeah, it was always, it is interesting to see the the hold it has, but I never thought about it as even hold on your create creativity. Yeah. I mean, it it could be anything. It could be anything, you know, you're not supposed to be doing that you think about doing. I like that. You know, first of all, just stop doing what you're, what you shouldn't be doing. That's not going to be good for you. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like some fundamentals, like smoking, we know is not good for you. Yeah. And, and your path will open up right in front of you. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a living testament to it. Yeah. And I, and I've being as though I've done it, I've helped other people do it and their purpose comes as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, listen, people, if you're out there, you don't know what you, and you feel like you're at your, la- your wits end, you don't know what to do. Just don't do what you know you're not supposed to do. And then what you're supposed to do will come. So, uh, it's a little advice. Great, uh, great advice. That's like street smart advice. I love it. <laughs> okay. So you're at the, so governor's ball, how do you prepare for that? Exactly. That's the question. <laughs> I have no so idea. You have no idea. Like how many people, how much food you're going to need? What, exactly. what is involved? How many days is it? Is it one day? It's three days. Three days. Wow. Three days of just rocking. Yeah. And I have no idea. No idea. I don't have any food service industry. I have management experience. Mm-hmm. And luckily I got together a crew of people that are like willing to come and like, you know, work for a hundred dollars a day or whatever. So uh, I'm looking at this wave that that's about to crash in front of me. And I knew it was something that I couldn't avoid. You know, like at work, you can, you can go home for the day and then you come back to it. This is like every moment of every day. Like, how do I do this? What am I doing? Uh, that's so, when you have your own business. Yeah. <laughs> you're always surfing. <laughs> always. And you're, you're just, just looking at that next wave and yeah. figuring out what you're going to do and how you're going to ride it. But you know it's coming. You know you have to do something. So bought all the I, all the products I could, put it in as many coolers as I could. I got there and uh, it, I, it was on. You know, Before I knew it, I was standing there in the truck with a line. And uh, so this is this is how new I was to the business, right? So I have people on my line, they're ordering from me and then you know, falafel wrapper, write down falafel on the thing, whatever. So then I have a pile of people over on the other side of the window just waiting. So we didn't take names at the time. So we're just calling out falafel wrap to like un- drunk underage kids. And they're all going, I got a falafel wrap. How many of you got a falafel wrap? Always, and we're just like, oh my God. So it was a mess. Somehow the hours went by and we got through it and we're cleaning up that night. And I'll never forget, my friend looks at me, he goes, hey, uh, I think, maybe, why don't we try taking names tomorrow? <laughs> and I'm like, names? He's like, yeah, you know, like how Starbucks does it, they call out the name. I'm like, yes, we should do that. <laughs> so uh, I love that. It just, it just proved to me Anybody's how... Everybody's like, hey, yeah, they, I'd like one of those. <laughs> <laughs> so it just, it's, it's just funny the way I could get to like the pinnacle of like success for like a food truck owner right. within less than a year, within four months of actively food trucking and not know enough to take people's names and still like make it happen. Yeah. That's great. So, uh, you know, something like that, it, it triggered more music festivals. Cause like, then I could say I was at governor's ball and they could say, Oh, okay. So we can handle it. So, I mean, that first year I did like seven music festivals and it was amazing. Yeah. So in that, that winter, I think I started the clothing and I bought everything I needed screen printing. I started my own screen printing company. I think I printed a few shirts for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, that just turned into be like a huge mess because it was just, I, at the time I still had a real estate license. So I'm like, I'm pulled in every single direction. I, I think I'm like this quote unquote entrepreneur, but it's like, I was just doing so much that nothing was working right. So uh, the clothing kind of took a back seat. Food truck took over. Next year was pretty much food truck. So I had two food trucks out. Did really, really well that year. Um, then that winter, I went and started doing the meal prep service. That was just kind of local. Uh, wasn't really doing much. And then that next year, I did the meal prep and the food truck. So my weeks, lo- and I still had the clothing. I wasn't as actively doing it, but I still had it. So I'll, I'll never forget one day, I had a music festival down in Atlanta. So were you uh, just, were you selling the clothing out of your food truck as well? As the, Sometimes. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would think that would kind of go hand in hand, like yeah. at a music festival, people like buying stuff like that. Yeah. Sometimes I would, like I would print a run of shirts and just mm-hmm. have them. But the thing is what, you know, what size people are, Yeah, you know, that's, it's a, 
yeah, tough I business to carry inventory. around. Yeah, it's I got a inventory. ton of product and inventory. Do you have this yeah. in blue? Do you have this in medium? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> so, uh, so at one time, I'll never forget. Like, so I was I was super aggressive applying to music festivals. I applied to one in Florida and went down there with the food truck, Georgia. And uh, most people don't go from New York to Philly for events, you know, and I'm going all the way to Georgia from New Jersey. So uh, I had the meal prep I had to do. I had a shirt that got ordered and I'm driving home from Georgia. So there was just so much going on in my life at that time. So yeah, that's, uh, I guess that's the story of the food truck. So uh, enough about me right now. Let's give people a little intermission. (laughs) How's everything going with you? I see you have lit yoga. You're doing online classes. Yeah, I know. Since we've even gotten to know each other, I guess, over the past three years, maybe. Yeah, about three years. Yeah, Yeah, I guess we've both been pretty busy the past three years. Yeah, we've both been busy. I know we're always like passing each other and being like, we got to catch up, we got to catch up. And I think being entrepreneurs is so exciting because you're kind of always um, riding, like you said, there's waves that are coming that you're trying to ride and and some work out and some don't. And um, yeah, it's, it's always a collaboration that gets you to the next step. And I've had great people helping me. So things are popping and, and really working well. And I mean, I think it's interesting for everybody out there, listeners, to know that like Vince um, has mentioned with some of the things that he was doing multitasking and some things don't work as well is that that happens, I think, with everyone. No one just all of a sudden, the overnight success is not ever an overnight success. It's It's usually years and years of working and having failures and having things that don't go your way and having an idea that you think is amazing and and yet it isn't you know it isn't selling or isn't going to work in the way you want it to i have a million ideas all the time and mm-hmm. i do have good people that are like yeah let's see if we can make that work and the online classes have been an amazing progression for me because i had some online classes on another channel for a while but it was not kind of in real time in the way that people like to experience me. Part of when I'm in my flow and my zone and what I do really well is create. And and creation has to be it has to be a little bit more in real time, you know, and when you have something on video that's living there for a long time, it's not it's not keeping up with the reality of of the creative matrix, you know? So I I thought I need to do real-time studio stuff. So that's really what I started just with the idea that, you know, my population that craves kind of my style of yoga and wants to do it, you know, all every day with me, this, it was really meant for them, not knowing how much that would ripple out to other people who are not used to kind of my style all the time, like the studio people are. And so it was really geared toward my, my home studio, people that have gone through my training, but live somewhere else. People that have done retreats with me that live somewhere else. Those, the people that were familiar. And I didn't know how much um, it would grow in other paths and other, you know, populations. And so, you know, we're, we're almost at 70 countries now. It's, yeah, it's amazing. And so the online training is, is just augmenting that because we have so many people, hundreds of people signed up for that. It's amazing. It's uh, yeah. amazing. So it's it, amazing the reach you can have. Something it like is. That. It really is. And it's um it's it's just such a privilege to to be um, able to do, and I'm sure you feel the same way, do what you love and have the purpose there. Like you said, you mm-hmm. that guy helped you in a way, because you had put yourself in a little box thinking, I'm gonna, you know, work in finance. And he's like, dude, with your brain. Like you need to do more than that. And that's, there are people who are really comfortable having kind of the A to Z lined out for them. And then there's people that are not. And I think we are kind of like that. I I ride between both of those. I've worked in a, you know, be, being a physical therapist where, you know, you go to school, you, you get more education, you apply it, you climb up some amount of rungs and a ladder, but there's a lot of, um, innovation and individuality within it. And that's one reason I was drawn to it. But to take it and and create something that is really your own thing is a completely different beast. If you had asked me 20 years ago, would I ever be consider myself an entrepreneur, an inventor? Like I have a patent now and mm-hmm. I have, you know, and I'm like, I would never, ever have thought that. And I think, so I think some of it is just 
finding your purpose and really believing strongly in it and knowing that there's going to be things that you're going to, it's trial and error that are not going to work. So yeah, that's where I am right now. I'm in a good, really good um, flow state for sure, as are you. So (laughs) let's go back to you for a moment because I really want people to hear about what you're doing with the meal prep stuff. Sure. You've started providing food at, at Yoga Stream at my local studio here. And, but I think that this is a huge market for people because when people now, the difference from three years, four years ago, and now is that people really they even, want it. They want vegan food. The, the barrier is not knowing what, you know, it's just like it, it, all it is, is it's like just different. You know, it's like learning a foreign language. Taking that leap is not that, is not that difficult once you've taken it, you know, once you get in it, it's like, oh, actually this is great. So you're giving, you're taking the kind of guesswork out of it and saying, Hey, let me, let me do the, the me work do for you and, and get you started. Yeah. Is that what you're finding? Are you having, do you have private clients? Do you have well, groups? First, yeah. I would like to say the thing you're doing online is perfect for somebody like me because I'm someone who loves your style of yoga. Like, you know, me and Missy were together. Mm-hmm. I would go to her class all the time. I love the anatomy portion of it, everything, the way it's like grounded in physical therapy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so having it online, because I've always been for the, and since I've known you, honestly, I've been like, how do I take that class, but on my schedule? Yeah. So uh, it's like, it's perfect for someone like me who wants to learn everything you know, or everything you can teach and have all that information for when I have my own practice. So back to me. So the meal prep service, uh, my whole thing has been, how do I get the food to the people? Because rather than trying to attract them, because starting a restaurant or having the, the food truck, that's why I haven't been, wanted to go in one spot. I wanted to bring it to people and put myself out in front of people because people aren't familiar with vegan or anything like that yet. And that's kind of why I have my did you know sign on the food truck, just to have like little facts. You know, did you know it decreases PMS symptoms? Did you know it helps resolve blemishes, you know, things like that, where people might not decide to eat something off my truck, but at least they're learning more about what it means to be vegan or plant-based. The meal prep service has been just that, just an extension of how do I get the food to the people? So, uh, you know, people from everywhere, you know, they want to try it. They want to try vegan. They want to try plant-based food, but they don't know where to go, you know, because maybe they don't have a spot near them or they don't know what to eat. So uh, I decided to make it easy for them. You know, you get eight meals, you get two sides, all for $100 delivered to your house. Takes the guesswork out of it. We switch the menu every week. Food is amazing. Um, I have a chef that I work with. And yeah, people just have a really big uh, returning customer base. I bet. That's a great deal. Wow. And so you operate out of central New Jersey, but how far, Trenton, how far do you? So we deliver all the way up north to Vermont out to uh what yeah okay to, people listen to this, this yeah, people listen to this here's my here's my advertisement yes exactly so, so if you live anywhere from vermont down to maryland and out to western pennsylvania try vegan meal delivery ships to you uh so you get eight meals two sides for a hundred dollars amazing amazing and they can find that out on try try vegan meal prep.com okay that's the website and uh, yeah, as, as as I said, you know, I have the refrigerator in your studio, and um, I've wanted to be in there for so long. Every time I go to your studio, I'm like, "How do I get tri vegan in there?" How do I, I know. And uh, when you, re- it's funny because like for so many, so much time, I actively was having that thought, like, "How do I get in there? How do I get in there?" And then you know, Missy moved to California. I kind of released it, and then I randomly one day I get a text from you saying, "Hey, I'd like to be, I like to have your food in my studio," and I'm like, "Dun da da!" Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. And uh, so how do you work with, like, do you get, not to get too much in the details, but I'm just curious, like, do you get the orders on a certain day and then they're fulfilled? Like how, and, well, so and do orders, you keep track of it? Yeah, yeah, right now orders, people can order up until Saturday at midnight mm-hmm. for Monday delivery. Okay. So mon- Sunday, we prepare the meals. Monday, we package them and ship them out. And if it's UPS, they get them on Tuesday. If they're local, I deliver it myself. Amazing. Wow. <laughs> and you've been doing that for how long now? So it's been about two years. Uh-huh. What happened last year was uh, I had a rough year last year. Yeah, we um, both, I know. We both did. We both lost our dad. Yeah. Like, like I think, what, three months of yours? It was May. 
Yeah, well, what happened was, I, so Governor's Ball happened, right? And uh, so right before Governor's Ball, my grandfather moved in with us. And he moved in for six days. And he, was, he had like a breathing problem. Like he, was, he, had like he was sick or something. So it was like the weekend before Governor's Ball. The weekend of Governor's Ball, almost. And uh, one night, me and my dad wake up. We hear him breathing really heavy. And we decided to take him to the hospital. On the way to the hospital, he dies. So my dad, apparently what happened was he died on the way to the hospital for like 15 minutes. They took him out of the car. They were able to get his, his heart pumping again. So they put him on a respirator, put him on all those things. So um, I had to go do my orientation for governor's ball while my grandfather's in the hospital, essentially dying. And uh, so I went and did that. I came home that night and I see him in the respirator with oxygen. And I look at my parents and I look at him and I realized after four minutes without oxygen in the brain, brain's not going to work. So I share that information with them and they kind of realized what they had to do. They had to pull the plug, but my ha- my aunt was coming from Pennsylvania. My uncle was coming from North Jersey the next day. So that's kind of when they were going to do it. So the next day I had to drop my truck off at governor's ball itself. So it was horrible. I, 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 I'm in my truck. I drive to the hospital. I say my goodbye to him. I see my family drive up to New York. And uh, I get a text at like 2, 3 a.m., 3 p.m. that, you know, they took him off the whatever uh, oxygen, the machine. Artificial support, yeah. So um, I, at that time, I was so like, Governor's Ball is a big ordeal. So it's like I had to get all that food I needed for it, this, that, and the other thing. But I didn't have a plan to get back home yet. My plan was maybe take a subway and figure out how to get home. At like 6 o'clock, it starts thunderously pouring. My electricity's not working. I have to rewire something. And I get a text from my dad saying my grandfather died. So I remember just like sitting in the stairwell of my truck, just looking out and just crying because I didn't know how I was going to get home. My grandfather just died. My electricity wasn't working. Nothing was happening. So I just called a friend of mine. Her name is Renee. Would you believe that she's with her brother who's an electrician? (laughs) And not only does she volunteer to come pick me up, but her brother walks me through what I need to do to get the electricity working on my truck. Oh my goodness. Exactly. So I'm like, thank God, you know, whatever. So governor's ball happens, whatever. I get back home for Monday and Monday we have, God, Monday we have the wake for my grandfather. And, uh, you know, I'll never forget, you know, I was standing next to my dad. And uh, we're just doing the whole funeral thing and yada, yada, yada. And uh, and this was his father? My mom's father. Your mom's father. So my mom just lost her father. And then, so that happens. We have the wake, we have the funeral. Three weeks later, my mom wakes me up. Vincent, we have, you know, something's going on with your father. We have to go to the hospital. There's been an incident. So I don't know what to think. You know, I don't know what to think. I'm, all I'm thinking is I know that he eats those Italian meats and those cheeses for as healthy and as active as he is. He's still having those artery clogging foods. And I have this conversation with him that that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried about the visceral fat around his organs. You know, I'm not worried about his cholesterol, his, his, his cholesterol level, his blood pressure. I'm worried about the things he can't see. So voice my concern with my mom. My mom's like, don't even think about something like that. Cause we're driving the car together and, uh, get to the hospital and, uh, my sister and my brother were already there. I dropped my mom off. And I remember walking into the ER or the whatever you walk into in the hospital. And just my mom, I, I was like, you know, go to the door. I'm like, you know, Vincent Galino. Blah, blah, blah. And uh, so I walk over to like an area and I see my brother's face, my sister's face, and my mom screaming, what do you mean you couldn't bring him back? What do you mean you couldn't bring him back? What do you mean he's dead? Oh my god! Like uh, I, I can't. I don't. I didn't want to say it as blood curdlingly as she was saying it, right. but I mean, I remember just like I screamed the f word like two or three times, like sitting in a chair, just rocking back and forth because I couldn't believe like something like that happened. And um, it's so surreal. Yeah, and then uh, you know, my mom's like, you know, what do you, you brought my hu- my father back three times? What do you mean you couldn't bring my husband back once? So uh, we go to see him. And there he is in the hospital bed. And that's just like a visual you don't want to have. And uh, I remember like just holding his hand and putting my arm next to his. And I have like stumpy thumbs, right? And like he has stumpy thumbs. So like 
that's kind of where I get it from. And uh, I just remember looking at my hands and his hands and just holding them and just thinking like, I am him, you know, like I am, I am him. And uh, so, yeah, so that was uh, tremendously difficult. And uh, so that happened in June. So July and August, I mean, I pretty much did nothing with the food truck, nothing. I actually stopped the meal prep for my grandfather. Just, you know, I had told people I had, you know, passing family, whatever. So then after my dad passed, it was like two, three months. I mean, I didn't get the meal prep started until November that year. And the food truck didn't start until like maybe the end of August, early September. I was finally back out with that again. Just because like my father did everything around the house. You know, thank God. It's funny because like when I was in my early 20s, mid 20s, I'm like, damn, like I wish I wasn't living at home. I wish I had my own thing. And then something like that happens, and it's like, thank God I was home that whole time, you know, living with them. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I have a younger brother. He's 23. I'm 31. My sister's 29. And uh, I I become the man. You know, the grass needs to get cut. Who's cutting it? Me. You know, things need to happen. I have to do all these things. So I got acclimated to my new role in the family. And uh, so I was focusing on that, focusing on my mom, because she just lost her father and her husband. And, uh, you know, just trying to figure out how life goes. Um, so money, I mean, money had been tight from the year before because July and August were rainy for me. So the food truck season was kind of rough. And then this happened and still trying to recover from all that. I mean, obviously. So uh, financially, I took a hit. My life took a hit. Like, it's like a rocky story. Like being down and out. I talked about being down and out earlier still really really down and out at this point Mm -hmm. so um i get my life back together get the meal prep going again with a new new operate new model because i used to do an a la carte model and the a la carte model was tough because people would want x amount of this x amount of that x amount of that with this is you get i make four different meals and one side you get two of each give me a hundred dollars you get the food it's a much simpler process so yeah I'm, i'm really for my life, that's the focus. My focus is growing this meal prep service because a food truck is it's not as scalable, right? So I can do eighteen thousand dollars in a weekend at Governor's Ball. The next weekend, I could be at a cheerleading uh, <laughs> a cheerleading uh, fundraiser and do three hundred dollars for the whole weekend, losing money. So it's not as scalable as something like the meal prep service. So that is what I've been trying to innovate based on that. You know, how do I, how do I make that even bigger? So one thing I actually wanted to talk to you about, which we can have a conversation about now, have it on the air, which is super <laughs> exciting, is something called the Tri-Vegan Challenge. So what I'm doing with that is uh, I'm working with uh, people like you who have like a yoga studio, let's say, and uh, you have a following and... Um, we get together, like you offer like some some kind of like yoga basics, yoga, yoga 101. It's like something you can offer for free. And people have to try vegan for like a week. So they can either have a free option with, you know, free classes, a free recipe book, things like that. Or they can have a paid version, which includes me sending out the meals. Mm. So it's kind of like a try vegan challenge. And I want to work with different influencers and different yoga studio owners, gym owners, and see like, make it like a challenge almost like see not only how many, who can get the most people to join, but which uh, group can collectively lose the most weight, let's say, mm-hmm. or collectively run the most miles. So I want to make it like a, a fun and exciting kind of community challenge kind of thing. I love that idea. You know, I'm all into that <laughs> I, because I do think it's, uh, we do, we do, uh, we rise together and, you know, to your story, you are back and rising and it, it, grief is very, it's, it's, it's ongoing. I know it doesn't just stop, but I know those, those early stages are really challenging. So thank you for sharing that. And, and I think we should all know we're all in this together. Likewise, we're all in this global community together and Try Vegan is, is also really about trying a a way of eating and therefore even a, then that it can extend to a way of living and a way of, of 
viewing the world as that we're not just here to take from it, but to do our best to take care of it and take care of each other and take care of ourselves. So this is a great opportunity to try try vegan, see what it does. Like clears up your skin, makes you feel lighter, makes you feel um, more awake and energized, makes you feel more compassionate. And it's it's deli- when you have delicious food and then I'll give you some good movement, you know, it's like a win-win. So let's do that. Let's do it. So look out yes. for that, everybody. Look out for the Try Vegan Challenge. Yes. And it's Try a, Yoga X, yeah. X Lit Yoga. Right? <laughs> right? Is that what you're yeah. going with? Lit Yoga? All of it. Yeah. More core. Um, well, let's let's meet again and talk more about all this stuff. But yeah, we got, we just, lots, we got yeah, a lot more to go. Got, there's through, a lot sure. more. Yeah. So you have a lot going on. And um, yeah, I think it's it's life. You know, you have these things that you're so passionate about and they, they can take the hits and then you can take these things, these awful um, occurrences that you would never have imagined happening and have to survive them. And let's do it together and, and continue to survive and thrive and, and reach our goals and surpass yeah. them and all that. Use it as motivation. You know, something like that, like it's, it's like you rebound, mm-hmm. you know, like something like that is the most, one of the most devastating things you can go through. But you know, now I'm even more determined, you know, if something like this could happen to my father, who was the epitome of health, like anyone who knows him or sees him just, wow, 61 years old, you know, riding a bike, you know, doing 5Ks all the time. Wow, it's really healthy, which is true. There's also the nutrition part. There's also the making sure your internal work, you know, everything internally is working well. So this can happen to him. I just want to help people avoid something like that because you know, I'm 30 and we're getting to the point where our parents are having strokes and heart attacks, you know, and I'm trying to help people not have to go through this. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. There are so many things, lifestyle choices that can be, um, immunity boosting can be, can life enhancing. And likewise, there's a lot of things that we do to ourselves that the, the damage we can't even see. So, Let's let's do our best and shine our brightest. And thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you for sharing your story and your highlights and your lowlights and all of it. Thanks. And thank you for listening, everyone. Um, if you have any comments, please write me at lara at movementbylara.com and I will pass them on to Vince. You can find all of his stuff at trivegan.tv. It's the main site, yep. Oh my gosh, he has so much going on. Go check out his stuff. He's amazing. As always, pulling for you and hugs to all of you. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.